This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Stu, let me just, can I just do the commercial here real quick and then we'll chat about what's so exciting about today's show? I'd love that. Military Appreciation Month at American Giant, all members of the military community. Did you mean that, that you would love that? Absolutely. That even sounded a little fake. No. That one did too. Anyway, reservists, National Guards, veterans, military family members, you're going to get 30% off at America American-Giant.com slash military. Here's the thing. It's Military Appreciation Month for everybody who served. Uh, American Giant is this great company that knows we couldn't have done what we've done in our own businesses, them and their business, me and mine. We couldn't have done it without the people who have actually gone and fight, fought the wars for us or, you know, may fight future wars for America, protecting and defending the Constitution. You've sacrificed enough. So let's appreciate you, let you know at American-Giant.com slash military, you're going to get a 30% military discount right now. It's this month. American, American is more than just a name. It's a way of life. It's a code of quality at American-Giant.com slash military. American-Giant.com slash military. Okay, Stu. So that was, what do you got? What do you got? You talked about a bunch of stuff. Okay, here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jim Jordan is uh, joining us now uh, from uh, Washington, D.C. Hello, Jim. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm fine, Glenn. How are you doing today? Uh, I am. uh, I'm actually kind of positive today. I think you are doing a great job and a great service. I think there are several of you now in uh, Congress that I actually trust and believe you're you're actually going to do something. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you. Um, well, thanks for all you've been doing to get the word out to the American people. So, um, so Jim, tell me, this, is, this was incredible yesterday. First of all, you gave your opening uh dialogue on on you know a monologue on what you were going to see and then the democrats came out and they said what you're going to see are lies half truths and fantasies i've never seen anything like that especially when you are presenting whistleblowers yeah and these guys are are good men who love this country and value the constitution the first amendment uh and but for guys like them and these guys and others like them we wouldn't know about what they did with parents at school board meetings. We wouldn't know about what they're doing to pro-lifers praying at clinics. We wouldn't know about that, uh, you know, Catholics attending mass that the Richmond field office viewed them as radical, traditional Catholic extreme. They, they, I mean, we wouldn't know about those things, but for guys like this and the fact that they were willing to come forward shows just what good people they are and their, and their commitment to the constitution and to the oath they took. 
But then what they faced, the retaliation, I mean, they, they, they literally tried to crush these guys, particularly Mr. O'Boyle and Mr. Friend. It is, it is it's so crazy. Bad. Yeah, it's so sad. But, but, but for them, we wouldn't know the things we know and wouldn't be able to be in a position to make the case for, you know, going after these, uh, these agencies in the appropriations process, which, which is what we have to do. So um, I did a special last night on the reckoning of the Biden crime family. And uh, uh, one of our listeners wrote in and wanted me to ask you today, is there a way to help these whistleblowers? I'm concerned for them and their families. Yeah, you can. Uh, they, they have... Um, they're, they're, they can receive like a, it's it's not, it's not GoFundMe, but they, there's there's ways that we should I should have that information. Okay, uh, I'll get it from your office and we'll share it. Yeah, we will try to get okay. that. Yeah. Um. So, um. What what is the the next step here? Because we had, uh, you know, we had the um, uh, dossier come out. The uh, yeah, the no, not the Steele dossier, but the the report that the came Durham, out. The Durham, yeah, the Durham, yeah, Durham report. report. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we yeah. had the Durham report come out, and the media is blind and to me this shows how deeply in trouble this nation is you have intelligence cia uh fbi justice the white house congress all of it dirty like majorly dirty well i i I don't think it's it's funny how the good lord works because the same week we get the durham report we just happen to have scheduled this hearing where we have these whistleblowers coming forward so understand the durham report he said as clearly and as, as, as straightforward as you could say that the FBI, I think the best line was the FBI failed in its fundamental mission of fidelity to the law. Correct. They didn't follow the law. There was no evidence, no probable cause, no predicate whatsoever to launch this investigation. They did it anyway. They did it based on a, a fake document, a document they knew was false. The dossier they knew was false at the time they used it to go to the court to get the warrant to spy on a presidential campaign. That's terrible. They put the country through all three years of craziness. That's terrible. But worse than that is what's happening today, because today it's not just limited to a presidential campaign. It's, it's the American people. And it's, it's what I just said. It's, 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 if you're a pro-life so, Catholic, they view you as radical. I mean, if you're a parent speaking up for your kid, they view you as a terrorist. I mean, it's like, you got to be kidding me. So that's what's, but I, I just feel, I, I just found it interesting that those two big pieces of information came out in the same week, just underscoring how, in your words, Glenn, how, how dire the situation, how real the situation Actually so is. Jonathan Turley had an op-ed out. Uh, I just read it this morning. How Congress could have the final say on the Russian collusion scandal. Um, in the Durham report, it shows that people uh, like um, what's his name, Elias, for the uh, yeah Mark Elias, yeah Mark, Mark Elias, Elias yeah. from the DNC, that he would not participate, wouldn't talk, wouldn't didn't give anything, and Turley is saying. Why don't you start putting the screws to these guys and offer immunity? Now, I don't think there's a chance that Mark Elias is going to turn on anybody, um, but it's worth a try, isn't it? Well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, he is Mr. Democrat. Oh, I, I mean, no. He's the guy. He's I know. He's the man in that whole area. So I, I don't know. Um, but that's an interesting strategy. I, I, I haven't read Turley's piece. I really respect Professor Turley. So and I'll, I'll, I'll read that. I'll read that, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I have, I'll have to give that some, th- some thought. But I do think we should be, in, in, in our investigative work, our oversight work, we should be focused on getting every single fact and, and, and getting that information, the truth to the American people. Because if you don't have all the truth on the table and do our constitutional duty of oversight, 
then you're not in a position to make the case, which we're going to have to make, which we have to do. Well, when it comes to appropriating money, we're going to have to change how that's done. We're going to have to limit funds. We're going to have to say you can't use funds for certain things. We're going to tell, have to tell the FBI, ain't no way you're going to get a new headquarters worth, I forget how many hundred millions of dollars. Like, well, are you kidding me? So there's, there's the, those kind of things. But you make the case when you show what's been going on. So when you're, when you're going through um, all of this, you're not getting the documents. I mean, they, they're, they're not. Christopher Ray the other day was just unbelievable to watch. Well, I can't talk about that document. What do you mean you sent a, a, a letter to us? We asked for the document. You're not getting anyone in Congress getting the documents that you're demanding. You have oversight, and they th- yeah. seem to feel like they have oversight over you. Yeah. So, so two, two quick points. One, you're exactly right. When the founders put this great nation together, three separate and equal branches of government, if there was one branch that was supposed to be more equal than the others, it was supposed to be the legislative branch, and in particular, the, the House of Representatives, because that's the body closest to the American people. Every two years, American people get a chance to throw us out. That is a good thing. That is a healthy thing. That's why the founders said that's the body where all the taxing and spending bills have to originate. So we were we're supposed to be able to tell the executive branch, hey, we need information to do our job when it comes to legislating and appropriating. So give us the darn information. Second, when we've had these struggles, we sometimes you go to court. We went to court for a witness we wanted to get in the whole Alvin Bragg crazy situation up in New York. And the court ruled in our favor. And we we had Mr. Pomerantz in for a deposition just last week. So. Sometimes you have to go to the courts to get the, to get what you need. So we're going to continue to press, whether it's subpoenas, what, what have you, to, for documents or to, for people to come in for an interview. We're going to continue to press there. But we have to in the end. The only thing that gets people's attention, the only thing that gets their attention is the money. You've got to go after the money. It's, just, it's that simple. And we're going to have to do that here in the next couple months as we go through appropriating for the uh, that for these agencies in the federal government. Well, uh, I mean, you can do that even if they don't pass a budget. Can con- does Congress have control of the purse strings still? We sure do. But okay. It's going to be a fight with the Senate. It's going to be a fight with the White House. But you know what? Don't say when you that. got an FBI who's retaliating against good guys like Garrett O'Boyle, Marcus Allen, and Steve Friend. I think it's worth the fight. Yeah, and I think you would have the American um, people uh, squarely behind you. I I, I think Congress with the people like me, I, I don't really I don't care for the Republican Party, um, but they're better than the Democrats. But I don't want to give a dime. I'd give a dime directly to a candidate, but not to the Republican Party. Yeah. People like me yeah. are seeing, I think, are starting to see, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something is different. And there's just a few of you guys now that are standing up and. I have to say, I'm I'm shocked at McCarthy. I did not think he would he would have the spine. I'd like to s- see that continue, but he seems yep. to be doing a lot of good things, and his poll numbers are going up. Yeah, no, he's you know, Glenn. I talk about this all the time, but we make this job too complicated. What did you tell the people you were going to do when you put your name on the ballot and ran for the job? You went out. If you get elected, if they if they put you in the job, go do what you said. And Kevin McCarthy is doing that. I think our team is doing that. And the, and the most important thing is, as you just said, we got to continue to do that. We got to continue to do that because that's our mission. Do what you told the American people you were going to do. Okay, so there's one thing that concerns me um, on the budget, and that is the expanded capital police role. 
Now, everything I've understood from the Capitol Police from the last administration was this is Nancy Pelosi's police force. So whoever's in charge of the House, that's their police force. They have expanded way beyond the Capitol. They have new offices now in Florida, uh, in California. They are now turning into an intelligence um, uh, force. Pentagon has given them things to collect uh, intelligence on Americans. This is way beyond their scope. And I don't know about you, but yeah. I don't trust the uh, uh, any other police force with intelligence capabilities. No more. No more. Yeah, uh, look, the, the, the rank-and-file officers are great guys. I talk to them all the time, coming sure. in and out of different buildings. They're wonderful guys, do the Lord's work like local, like good local police officers do the Lord's work. But you're right, we don't need these, we don't need these officers around the country. We don't need this expanded surveillance act, uh, you know, capabilities and activities. So uh, I, I agree with you there. I think that's where the, where, where the country is. Um, and I don't, I don't, I would have to check with the speaker's office, but I don't know well, that Speaker McCarthy is going along with that. And, uh, and, and, well, I will we'll tell have to, you, we'll have to find out. I will tell you in the uh, Republicans annual appropriations bill, uh, they have an increase of $46.3 million more than last year, which already last year was a 22% increase. That's wow. got to stop. Okay. Got to stop. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 take a look at that that that, that too. Um, it, do, do we finally have the Congress and the Republicans that will stand and not blink on the budget? I think so. I really do uh, because you know the the spending has went up so dramatically, and we don't have to get into all the numbers, but just we're 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 set to run a deficit of a trillion and a half. I mean, $1.5 trillion this year. Like, what? I mean, so it is so out of whack. We have to spend less than we spent before. And if we can do that, take it back to lower levels, that'd be the first time in my, my time in Congress, maybe the first time in modern history where the next Congress didn't spend more than the, than, than, than the previous one. If we can actually reduce spending and begin to show the country and the economy and the world that, look, okay, they're, they're at least going to kind of rein this in and, and get a handle on it and begin to pay back some of this debt, get to balance at some point. If we can do that, then we'll be fine. But if we just keep the crazy stuff up that the, that the Biden administration right. is doing, um, I, I worry about the, the dollar staying as the reserve currency, which is critical for our country uh, and a host of other things if we continue on this path. But I think we're going to actually get to where we're spending less after the crazy increases we've seen in the in the Biden administration. So one last thing, the the church committee did, you know, the Lord's work, if you will, um, and tried to rein things back in. And it's gotten worse again than yep. it was back then. Um, do you do you think that this? Uh, I don't know, deep state, whatever you want to call it, the, the people that have no fidelity to the law or to the Constitution, can we save the Justice Department, the FBI, the intelligence community, or is it too far gone? How how do you so see this key. working? Here's the here's the key measure I think this Congress that'll that'll tell us if we if we can get things back in the right direction or not. And that's the FISA renewal, the 702 program of FISA is up for renewal. If that gets no. passed and we just keep doing the same old thing, because understand the Church Commission brought a lot of good facts to light. But the Church Commission gave us the FISA court and the FISA process. That's a problem. Mm. That has to change. That's up for reauthorization this year. If we fundamentally change that 
if we if we get rid of this ability for them to query that database that they get, where they're, they're, the 3.4 million Americans had their, their their information queried, information that was picked up when they were surveilling some foreigner, but they talked to some American and then they got the American in the death. That's the kind of stuff. If we don't change that, then I then I'm very worried. But I think we're going to change it. I think we're, I think yesterday's hearing helped show that when you have the FBI engaged in some of the things you are. That is that will be a critical test. And then, of course, as I've said now a couple of times, what happens during the appropriations and the spending process? The power of the purse is important. That's the power that resides in the Congress and specifically in the House. We need to make sure we use it. I will tell you, I found out just the other day that uh, this program now has a bigger footprint than Fox News does, which blew me away when somebody gave that stat to me. Um, uh, this is good money to your good work. No, no, no. It's it's the, the what's happening is all the mainstream media is dying and shows like mine and others are all growing. We, I don't right. know if we could turn this corner five, even five or six years ago. But uh, I think if you guys just keep going, it, we're going to turn a corner. We're going to turn a corner because yeah. the mainstream yeah. media doesn't have the lock that they used to have. Well said, and, and praise the Lord for that. And then the second thing I always say is the American people are smart people. They have common sense, and they hear common sense, and they hear good information from you and a bunch of other folks like you. And that makes a huge difference. So thank you for what you're yeah. doing. Likewise. Stay the course. Thanks. All right. Take care, brother. You bet. Bye-bye. Jim Jordan. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Hey, I just want to share some good news with you. In fact, I want to bring Paul Fitzpatrick on. I don't know if you remember the 1792 Exchange. Uh, he was on, I think, when they first launched it, 1792exchange.com. Uh, it is a it's a great, great service that every you should have uh, on your browser. You should make sure that you're going there. Uh, whenever you're looking at uh, buying something, doing anything, looking at companies, uh, Paul is with us. Hi, Paul. Glenn, how are you doing? I'm great. How's how's 1792 Exchange going? Glenn, we are doing really well. I have to tell you uh, something really interesting happened the day you were gener- you generously had us on the show to talk about our corporate bias ratings, just ratings of companies you just mentioned. Yeah. That day, your listeners responded so well, we had a huge spike, biggest spike in traffic to our site ever, but the, the left didn't like it. They actually launched a very sophisticated denial of service attack on our site that shut us down for a couple of hours. Oh, you're but kidding actually, that, No, no, it, but honestly, it was a good thing. It let us know we're over the target and they don't want your listeners to engage or be informed. That's fantastic. So just real quick, you, you are looking at all of the com- uh, uh, companies that are involved in some way or another with ESG. So you can just, if you're for ESG, great, use those companies. If you're against it, don't use those companies. Um, You're just giving the likelihood of a company canceling a contract, client, boycott, divest, whatever, based on somebody's view or belief, right? That's correct. Um, We want customers whether you be you're an individual consumer or you're running a small business or you're running a nonprofit, we just want you to be informed. Or frankly, if you're an employee trying to decide, should I apply for a, a job at a certain company? Um, and we let you know which ones are actually like, we like to use the term weaponizing the corporation, the yeah. brand, their money, 
uh, that, that's really what it's about. It's just informing people so they can make their decision. Okay, so there's some good news that I want you to share about ESG. We talked about it, I think, the day this came out, but we just passed, mentioned it in passing, and it is really good news on ESG. Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, Glenn, the, you know, it is hard to argue with the market, and market forces are working and speaking. Um, big picture, uh, a couple of years ago, there was almost $52 trillion in ESG funds globally. That has declined 36% to about $33 trillion. Wow. Um, and ultimately, it, it's just a massive shift. And, and for, your, for your listeners, your question is, well, why would that happen? Well, if you're making decisions for non-financial reasons in a portfolio, uh, you're going to get harmed. And so last year, tech stocks, and you know, the ESG funds love the high tech stocks because mm-hmm. they do the environmental stuff and, yep. and the, the social stuff. Um, tech stocks down, last year were down 30%, but fossil fuel stocks were up 60%. And so these ESG funds, they overweight tech, they underweight fossil fuels because they're trying to drive an agenda, they're trying to transition the economy. Well, they got harmed. And so because of that, money, billions of dollars are flowing out of ESG funds. I think this is fantastic. When we first started talking about it, um, I asked somebody, can we start tracking these funds to see if they're losing money for people? People, and we now know they are, um, and, uh, and people have got to know this. You've got to get your money, if you have any kind of money, uh, with, I mean, maybe you could probably uh, name more than I can, but, uh, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, get your money out of there. Oh, uh, bottom line. And, and the, the reason is they are using your dollars, whether you're in an ESG fund or not. This, this is the really most important thing. Yes, you're right. Find out, go to your asset manager, well, go to our 1792exchange.com, find out if your asset manager is woke or not. But if you're in a big asset manager, BlackRock or State Street, or, or most of the other bad ones, you know, Franklin Templeton or J.P. Morgan or Invesco or Magellan, whether you're an ES, in an ESG fund or not, what they're doing is they're voting your proxies. They're pushing the ESG agenda with your non-ESG funds. So you really have to get out of those. Uh, there's, there are very few big asset managers that are actually somewhat neutral. Dimensional funds is probably one of the better big ones. Uh, smaller but really good, you can trust them, are Vident is one, and one, another one is Strive. They're smaller, and, but they're growing. And so we need to move out. And, and that will, when consumers change our behavior, that's going to force changes among these companies. There's some really good information uh, that you really should uh, look at. But when you're looking at brands, for instance, um, you know, uh, buy New Balance instead of Adidas. Tell your wife that. No Adidas, uh, no Nike. Buy New Balance instead. Um, uh, you know, there there's uh, problems now with um, State Farm. State Farm, if you're looking for a local agent, State Farm uh, started paying for books and pushing a transgender agenda for children. Uh, and your local agent isn't aware of it, but you can be if you understand uh, the 1792 Exchange uh, project at 1792exchange.com. Yeah, uh, Glenn, this is, this is about 
customers and consumers being informed. And, and just remember that these companies are being pressured by activist employees are being pressured by these asset managers to take positions that, that harm the very company, harm their employees and harm Americans. I mean, it, it makes no sense. So Paul, but ultimately, where do you put, where do you put Budweiser? Because I think the owners of Budweiser are, are conservative, but they're letting their company, you know, be run by, uh, by these crazies who are all into this stuff. And is there a better I, beer company? <laughs> I, I can't claim to be an expert on a beer company, but, but I will tell you, this is a classic example of Budweiser. Your listeners know, you know, a, a, I would say middle-level manager, but very influential manager of a very powerful brand. So this is not a low-level executive. This woman was very highly paid, decided to make a decision um, to put this brand behind the trans agenda. And my guess is that in a lot of these companies, the CEO was not asked, hey, should we have Dylan Mulvaney on the, the right, can, on right. the Bud Light cans? Probably not. But the question is, why are these CEOs hiring and promoting people, um, probably with their you know, gender studies major from Vassar, why are they promoting them to manage brands and, and giving them the ability to make these decisions? And uh, the, the problem is, uh, this is the beautiful thing about the, the Bud Light example, which is very instructive for other companies. So the, the people on the right, people who, who think that um, gender dysphoria is not something to be celebrated, it's something to be treated with compassion and care medically. Um, so we're unhappy. But then because Bud Light kind of pulled back from that, now the the left is unhappy with Bud Light. So it's a perfect, it's a classic example of mm-hmm. don't get involved in politics if you want to sell a product. Yep. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. It's great to have you on. Thanks for sharing the good news about uh, ESG. It's remarkable. Uh, 1792exchange.com. Paul Fitzpatrick. Thank you. The best of the Glenn Beck program. We have Victor Davis Hanson on, who I just think is a national treasure. Uh, he is, he is so wise and well-read and really knows history. He can kind of point at, to, uh-oh, road sign ahead, uh, better turn left now. Uh, he's just written something on the French revolution, uh, that is, I think spot on. And I read it a couple of weeks ago, and this is the first time we've had a chance to get together. Hey, Victor, how are you? We're good, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, so, so take us through the French Revolution and how it relates to us. Well, it was a period where there were justified needs for reform. The Bourbon kings had been, you know, under uh, negotiations with a more representative group of people, and that, and we know in 1789 there was a French Revolution storming the Bastille, but the the immediate solution was to have a parliamentary uh, twin to the monarchy. And that was pretty much what people were negotiating. And then there were cycles that just kept occurring again and again. And uh, some Girondists took over. That was a group of people who said, no, we don't want the king. We want the king to be representative, not really an active partner in government. And sort of as the British crown is today. And then 
another group called the Montagnards. They were the people high up in the in the assembly hall. They said, no, we've got to get rid of the king exactly, and we don't want just a political revolution. We want to have it more inclusive. And then, of course, yesterday's revolutionary was today's sellout was tomorrow's traitor. So the, the yeah. Jacobins came in under the Robespierre brothers and St. Just, and they said, you know, you people are sellouts. You, you don't want to kill the bourbon. We've got to execute the king, Marie Antoinette. We've got to get rid of them all. We've got to be equity. It has to be an equality result. We've got to attack the churches, hang the priests, confiscate church lands, renumber the days of the work. We've got to get a new foundational date. It's not going to, it's going to be 1789, year zero. We've got to name uh, new months. And we're going to have to have a new supreme being. First, it was, you know, a rat, the God reason radio, and then it was become just the cult of the supreme being. So it, what I was trying to say, and then, of course, they went so far that life was unsustainable. And then we had what we called the Thermidor reaction, where they came in and just swooped in, decapitated the Jacobin leaders on the guillotine. And then what was left was the director the directory, the consulship, and Napoleon waiting as the as the corrective mm. of it. So my point in this article was that these, the Democratic Party under Obama started this progressive cycle, and yet if you look at it today, uh, it looks pretty tame compared to what these Jacobins are doing. And, that, and it, it's a holistic movement. They want to change our foundational date, like yeah. the French revolutionaries did, 1619. They're talking about redefining basic biology with women. We're talking about reparations so that somebody who may or may not have had a slave in his ancestry eight generations ago is owed something by somebody who may or may not have had an ancestor who was a slave generation eight generations ago. But it's similar in the sense that almost any means necessary, unconstitutional or otherwise, are justified by the nobility of this total revolution of making everybody the same supposedly and so 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 where do we where do we go from here what what do you think if you just follow history is coming next and how do we make sure that we don't fall into the hands of a napoleon well i think it's very important to stop it now because we're getting to the point where this revolution is unsustainable for life as we knew it because when they're if they're canceling power plants as they are in New York or yep. here in California, uh, brownouts. And I was in San Francisco recently, two weeks ago. It's almost a medieval city. It's dysfunctional. Can't walk on the sidewalk downtown. Wow. Very unhealthy. You see people injecting, fornicating, urinating, defecating right in front of you. And uh, you, the school system here in California is unworkable. And we have this situation where all these stores are just leaving the major downtown areas of Los Angeles. And when I went into a, a wall, Walgreens in San Francisco, it was almost like you were in a prison commissary. Everything is locked up. Yep. You have to, and I've never seen anything like it. Yep. And so we're starting to see the breakdown of the police. We're seeing the breakdown of the financial system with 33 trillion in debt. And we can't, And so if we don't all step forward and say, we've got to stop this immediately and have the courage to say, there's going to be no reparations. I'm sorry. It's just out of the question. This is a racist 
effort and we're going to have to we're going to have a border it's not going to be a construct anymore we're going to have a border and we're going to have to deport people who came in here knowingly illegally and i think it's going to take that type of medicine to ward off somebody who finally will will say you know i'll I'll put a lid on it but we don't Mm -hmm. want that we don't you know i uh, victor you might be somebody that would brainstorm with me on this i i uh I just found out a couple of weeks ago that uh, the first transsexual surgery happened in the Weimar Republic in like 1925 or 26. Uh, And it was the first uh, university of sexology. The Weimar Republic was um, doing all kinds of things that are happening now. Uh, And the churches had gone silent and kind of dead inside. uh, And when the Nazis came around the corner, there were too many people that were all for, you know, I'm not a Nazi, but they're going to burn the books. And the first books that they were burning were the sexology books about transgenderism and LGBTQ and all of that stuff. We're repeating that. And what I'm afraid of is you get to a certain point, And if our churches don't wake up, what happens? We will look for somebody who will say, as you just said, I'll put a lid on it and we will cheer. And then we, our side, will become the bad guys because we haven't noticed that our hearts have closed. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the American sexologist, Havelock Ellis. He was our version of the German sexologist. He was very popular. Well, it, and he was advocating things that were pretty, even today, look pretty crazy. But nobody, nobody in Germany, I mean, Hitler, if you read the early propaganda of 1933-34, it was all against Weimar. He tried to melt yep. up for everything he could because it was just an unstable mess, the Weimar Republic. And, you know, they had deliberately printed in 1923 earlier, they printed all this cheap money to pay off their indemnities to France and ruin the global economy. It was, it was a mess. And they couldn't correct it, and there was a there was a kind of a cultural. I think what you're saying is there was a cultural element to it, big time, very similar to what we've seen. Yeah, it's a idea that no one can judge anybody else's lifestyle or right. And the you know, we, uh, had, we had this, and the banks started did. to be run by guys in their twenties, and uh, the they older, did. Did. yeah, all the older people were like, wait a minute, what is happening to our country? Uh, and it's similar to this EG, ESG, yep. this idea that we're going to make investments based on social yep. activism rather than financial logic. And uh, that's what's scary is that this revolution that I think started with Obama has morphed into a 24-7, 360 degree effort to be so intrusive that uh, sexuality, economics, uh academia, professional sports, almost every institution has to participate. And I think that's because they realize there's no popular support for it. That's what's ironic. 51% of the people do not agree with any of this. But when you have all of the major institutions under your control, and you've got the big money now, everybody thinks big money was Republican. It's not anymore. It's left-wing Silicon Valley finance corporations. And we we have the voice, but we don't know how to exercise that power because we're just saturated. If you do a Google search, the first twenty results are going to be ideologically warped. Right. If you say you don't know what's going to be banned on Facebook or, or 
maybe not anymore Twitter, but everywhere you turn, your kid comes home from college and gives you a lecture. You go in to see the school board for your nine-year-old. It's just so intrusive and, again, holistic that I think everybody is kind of retreated to a monastery of the mind where they say, you know what, I'm not going to watch any NBA anymore. I don't watch the Super Bowl half. I haven't heard. I don't know what a Tony award is. I have no yep. interest in the Emmys. I haven't seen an Oscar on TV. Yeah. That's the reaction. And that's not going to stop it. So withdrawing it's not. And I am afraid that some people are also withdrawing from the news because they feel so alone and hopeless and powerless, which is absolutely not true. Um, yeah, but is. Uh, there is one thing that I think is really good. I, you know, cause I've been warning about these things since the beginning of, uh, uh, Obama and it has always, I just realized this week, it's always been okay, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. The Republic is going to go down and these guys are all going to do these things. Now it is seemingly accepted even by parts of the uh, Democrats and the left that we're going down and this is the time that it's, it's happening right now. And you're waking up and, and solidifying in people's minds. Oh crap, this is real. And I think that's our opportunity here to save the nation is if we can act now together, I see that as a good sign. Yeah, I do, too. I think we people have to realize that whatever their politics, this agenda is not a political agenda. It's a nihilist agenda. It, it, it goes nowhere but destruction. If, if you have, just to take one example, if you institutionalize the idea that you're going to attack personally the Supreme Court justices you don't agree with right. every day with this fix the court, and you're going to go to their homes, and you're going to swarm their homes, or you're Chuck Schumer, you're going to go to the Supreme Court and threaten them with the, the world when they're going to reap. That's not sustainable. It won't work. And yet that's, that's just partial now. You know, I, I remember when pack the court was a dirty word from 1937 and Roosevelt's failed gambit. Now it's a, it's a, it's a badge of honor. That's an agenda. Yeah. But they're, they're advocating things that will not work in the sense that if you were to enact them or implement them, Life as we know it would not be sustainable. It, as we know it, I, I don't think it would be. California is the canary in the mind. There's there's certain things now that people do in California that they've never imagined. I don't go downtown. I make right, sure I don't. Right. I have I have pharmaceuticals because I can't go into a store. I don't go out after night in a big Correct. city after seven o'clock at night. This is all new. It's very rapid that collapse. It's, it shows you how fragile we're. We were much more fragile than we ever imagined. Well, um, I really appreciate all the work you do, um, Victor. Thank you for for everything. He he ends his um, his op ed with a counter revolution is building, not just because people are angry uh, at what has become of their country, but because they now are learning that if they do nothing, they will have no country. And soon. Thank you for that real clarion call. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Thank you. God bless. Na, 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 na.